0: Amen. Well, it's time to receive the Word of the Lord. Please follow along in your Bibles. John chapter 1, verse 29, the New King James Version. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I'd like to begin by saying that our making is in the beholding. The construction of our divine nature, the building, the creating, the crafting. John the Baptist cried out at the sight of Jesus coming toward him, the voice in the wilderness crying out. And he cries out, Behold, the Lamb of God. Behold, look or see, used as an interjection to denote surprise. What a surprise it is to a wretched man that there is one who has come and is coming toward him. One that takes away the sin of our world. My world. Your world. The cry of John the Baptist has never ceased sounding. Announcing and declaring. Signaling and calling. It remains today as it was that day. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. There is only one who takes away sin, and that is Jesus. Our making is in the beholding. To be like Him, to be like Jesus, we must behold Him. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Message Bible reads, Whenever though they turn to face God as Moses did, God removes the veil, and there they are, face to face. They suddenly recognize that God is a living personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old, constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete, we're free of it, all of us. Nothing between us and God, our faces shining with the brightness of His face, and so we are transfigured much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful. As God enters our lives and as we become like Him. Whenever though they turn, whenever though they turn to face God, whenever though they turn, that is turning from other things, adjusting our gaze changing our beholding you see the enemy is constantly trying to get us beholding all things except the lamb of god to take our eyes to fix our attention on something other than the lamb of god images image constantly being flashed before our eyes image And images are constantly being set up for beholding, like idols and statues, stars, ideals, pinups, heroes, gods. You think the enemy wants us transfigured like the Messiah? You think he wants us metamorphosed into his same image? Not a chance. You see, the enemy and the world system knows that our making is in the beholding. Our making is in the beholding. The construction of our divine nature is in the beholding. It's connected to it. The creating and the crafting. And so the enemy would say and the world system would say, get them so busy and preoccupied beholding image that is not the Lamb. Get them beholding other images, other things rather than the Lamb of God. Our beholding will determine our making. Does our everything do our endeavors, do our dreams? The list could go on. Does our everything behold the Lamb of God? Heaven forbid we behold ourselves. John chapter 1, verses 26 to 29, John answered them saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you who you do not know. It is he who coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. These things were done in Beth beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Verse 30, the Amplified Bible, This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who has priority over me, who takes rank above me, because he was before me and existed before I did. Listen to the message. He is not in second place to me. I am not even worthy to hold his coat for him. Behold the Lamb of God. He is not in second place to us. We are not even worthy to hold his coat for him. If we are honest, this world is trying to have us behold ourselves. Focus on self. Get wrapped up in self. Turn inward. Care only for self. Put Jesus as second if he's even in the mix. Put the priority on self. Our making is in the beholding. John 1, verses 35 to 42. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned, and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated, Teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see." They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day. Now it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Those words, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. This is an announcement to each and every one of us. This announcement exists now. This announcement is still ringing through the air. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Our making is in the beholding, and our beholding is in the following. Verses 37 to 39, the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, he said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, teacher, where are you staying? And he said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him. What do you seek? What do we seek? Is it not to be like Him? Is it not to be like Jesus? And so, our making is in the beholding. Our beholding is in the following. And when we purpose to remain with Him, when we purpose to remain with Jesus, life changes. When we purpose to remain with Jesus, everything changes. When we purpose to remain with Jesus, we change. John one to 37-39 in the voice. At that moment, the two disciples began to follow Jesus, who turned back to them, saying, what is it that you want? The two disciples, we'd like to know where you are staying. Teacher, may we remain at your side today. Jesus, come and see Follow me. Follow me and we will camp together. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they met Jesus. They came and saw where he was staying, but they got more than they imagined. They remained with him the rest of the day and followed him for the rest of their lives. Why must we, why must we remain Why must we remain with Jesus? Why stay? Why why camp with Jesus? And the answer is because the beholding never stops. We keep changing. We keep transforming, transfiguring into the same image from glory to glory. We remain with Jesus not only for the day. We follow him for the rest of our lives. Just like these men got more than they imagined, so do we. And all of a sudden, our beholding becomes the catalyst for our going. John 1, 40-42 in the voice. One of these new disciples, Andrew, rushed to find his brother Simon and to tell him they had found the one who was promised, God's anointed who will heal the world. As Andrew approached Simon, Jesus looked into him. Jesus Your name is Simon, and your father is called John. But from this day forward, you will be known as Peter, the rock. We must remain with him. We are being transfigured. We are ever-changing. The more time we spend with Jesus, we become more like him. Charles Spurgeon said these words, There is great love to his fellows in the heart of every man who has seen the Lord Jesus Christ as bearing sin. That great deed of love makes the beholder feel that he would have all men look and live. Were you ever half starved and did you find bread? Then I know you pitied your famishing brother. Our very instincts lead us to spread the blessing which we have received. Even dogs would do that. A poor dog had his leg broken, his broken leg healed at the hospital, and not many weeks after, he brought along another lame dog to the same house of mercy. We also long to see men come to Christ because we have had our broken hearts healed by his tender hand. We love because he first loved us. You know, Jesus uses the beholding to build His church. Jesus uses the beholding to change the individual. Jesus uses the beholding to create this divine nature inside of us, to transform us, to transfigure us. And Jesus uses the beholding to build His church. Andrew, it says, rushed to find his brother Simon and to tell him they had found the one who is promised, God's anointed who will heal the world. My, how He has healed our world. And He is the hope for our world. He is the healing for the nations. A day is coming when we will finally be fully like Him. On this side of eternity, we are being changed as we spend time with Him. As we walk with Him, as we talk with Him, as we commune with Him, as we purpose to follow Him, our making is in the beholding. As we follow Him, we're beholding Him, we're listening to Him, we're learning from Him. We purpose to remain with Him not only for the day, but for the rest of our lives. We spend time with Him. We glean from Him. We're learning from Him. But the day is coming when we will finally be fully like Him. 1 John 3, verses 2 and 3 in the NLV, dear friends, we are God's children now, but it has not yet been shown to us what we are going to be. We know that when he comes again, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. The person who is looking for this to happen will keep himself pure because Christ is pure. We're anticipating the day when we will be fully like Jesus. When we behold Him, when we see Him, when we are collected by Him as a people, as a church. Look at what it says. It says the person who is looking for this to happen will keep himself pure because Christ is pure. The person that is looking for this great day when they are are fully like Him. This transfiguring, this this changing throughout the life of a believer, we're looking for the day when we are finally fully like Jesus. It's our desire to be like Jesus, and so we keep ourselves pure. We're anticipating the day. We're spending time with Him. We're beholding Him. We're following Him. We're communing with Him. We're remaining with Him, following Him for all our lives. The message reads, but friends, that's exactly who we are, children of God. That's only the beginning. Who knows how we'll end up? What we know is that when Christ is openly revealed, we'll see Him. And in seeing Him, become like Him. All of us who look forward to this day, all of us who look forward to His coming, Stay ready with the glistening purity of Jesus' life as a model for our own. I want to encourage us, all those that are looking for this day when we are fully like Him, let's be a people looking forward to the coming. Let's be a people that stay ready with the glistening purity of our Savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, as a model for our own we have to learn how to keep ourselves. We have to look at ourselves in this way that we need to learn how to keep ourselves, just like a child must learn how to keep themselves, that they grow up properly. And there is something to this Scripture, the very fact that those with a looking spirit, those with an anticipation of His coming, are those that are beholding. Those that are beholding Him, the purity of who He is, the purity of all that He is. Our making is in the beholding. If we long to be pure, we need to behold Jesus. We need to spend time with Jesus because the announcement still rings true today. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away sin, who takes away the sin of our world, who takes away the sin of this world. Our realm, our living, our environment, our home, takes away the sin. It's those that are concerned with their condition upon his arrival. How can we not be a people that are concerned with our condition upon his arrival? It's those that keep themselves pure. Those glistening with the purity of Jesus' life. You see, we don't fully know what's coming, and we don't fully know what we are going to be. But what we do know is that as we behold Jesus, the visible image of the invisible God, the same Jesus John the Baptist announced in the physical realm those days, As we continue to behold Jesus, we are being transfigured, much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful. We don't have a physical Jesus with us. You're right. But we have the Word, and He is the Word. We have His example in the Word. We have his manner and conduct and heart and focus and character. We have his determination, his faithfulness, his persistence. We have all of this in the Word. We have his vision in the Word. See, the truth is, we have enough to behold for a lifetime, it's ever unfolding. And we know that when we get into the presence of the Lord and behold Him in times of prayer, in times of worship, and so on, what transformation takes place in us, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful. As we spend time with Him, as we commune with Him, as we spend time in His Word, as we spend time in His presence, as we fall to our knees and pray, as we commune with Him like a friend, as we walk with Him and talk with Him and glean from Him and allow Him to teach us in the beholding He's making us this divine nature being created inside of us. Jesus Christ is changing us. We also know that He's living on the inside of us, the Bible says. And so we're allowing Him to have His way in us. We're beholding that power of Christ, we're beholding the hope that is inside of us and we're allowing Him to change us. And so as the words of Ephesians 3, 14 to 21 read, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man, To him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ, by Christ Jesus, to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Further words of Charles Spurgeon. Brethren, I was ready to perish under a sense of sin. I was all but damned. I felt the wrath of God surging in my soul like a sea of fire. I found no relief or comfort. Even the word of God did not cheer me. They told me of believing in Jesus. But till I learned that this Jesus was God's great appointed sacrifice for sin, I saw nothing in him to cheer me. When I learned that he had borne the penalty and satisfied justice, then I found out, the glorious secret, and my conscience was at rest. Conscience within us reflects, as in a mirror, the fact of the case as God sees them. The facts of the case as God sees them. God causes an awakened conscience to require that which His justice requires. The demand of the conscience is the echo of the demand of the divine government. Conscience requires atonement, because the necessity of the case and the nature of God require it. When I learned that there was such an atonement provided, oh, then I rested most sweetly. I wish you all did so. You that have no atoning sacrifice to plead, how can you bear the weight of your sins? What will you do with them when the death damp is on your brows? You for whom, according to your own creed, no debt was paid, no penalty endured. How will you answer justice in her great and terrible day? Believers look to Jesus as discharging all their debt, and they are not afraid of the day of account. But where will you look? What will you do? Do not remain without faith in Him who stood in the sinner's stead. His work is exactly what your mind wants to give it, peace. The satisfaction of Jesus will give your mind satisfaction and nothing else will. Conscience, like the horse leech, crieth, give, give. And it will never cease its cravings until it meets with Jesus, until it meets with Christ, whose one full satisfaction will content it forever. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Only Jesus can take away the sin of the world. Only Jesus can take away the sin of our world. Only Jesus can take away the sin of your world, my world. Only Jesus can heal our world. Only Jesus can make us pure. Only Jesus, he's the only answer. Our making is in the beholding. And I want to ask today, what is it that we have been beholding? What is it that we are beholding? What image? What images? What little G God? What idol? What are we beholding that the enemy is putting in front of us, setting in front of us, drawing us to? What are we beholding? This world system in this corrupt world. The answer remains the same. It says the voice in the wilderness cried out. It says, John cried out, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Our making is in the beholding. Our beholding is in the following. And let us purpose to remain with him for the rest of our lives. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, would you hear the words Would you hear the words of the Bible? Would you hear the words of John? Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The real issue in the world, with all the problems, all the things that are going on, the real issue is a sin issue. We've sinned. We've fallen short of the glory of God. We were the ones disobeyed. We were the ones who rebelled and went our own way. Because of the sin, because of disobedience, the fall of mankind, here we have problems. We live in a fallen world. But God didn't leave us. He didn't leave us alone. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to pay the penalty. Behold the Lamb of God. And maybe that's the picture you need to see right now is Jesus hanging on the cross. Crown of thorns on his head, blood dripping down his brow. Torn, and Beaten. Shredded to pieces for you. Why? To take away the sin. To take away your sin to deal with the sin issue that we could be reconciled unto God our Father. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Our only hope, our only way back is Jesus. Only Jesus can take away the sin. Only Jesus can deal with the sin. And that's why this announcement lives today. This announcement doesn't change until the second coming of Jesus Christ. We declare the announcement. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away sin. Jesus is the answer. He's the answer to your conscience. All you're searching, he's the answer. He's the answer for us. He's our only hope that as we begin to follow him, as we behold him, as we allow him to teach us, to change us, to transform us, and that's really what this is all about. It's complete surrender, giving our lives over to Jesus and saying, Have your way, create your divine nature in me, craft me, shape me, form me, get rid of what's not right beautify me, our, our lives becoming more and more beautiful, brighter and brighter until that perfect day when we finally and fully see him and we finally and fully become like him. If you don't know Jesus today, open up your heart. Fall to your knees and repent of your sins. Ask him to come and be Lord of your life. Pick up a Bible. Take a Bible. Look it up on many of the resources. Look to the gospel of John. Look to the New Testament. Come to an understanding of the gospel of grace, the gospel of love, the gospel of mercy. While there is still time, today is a day of salvation. Draw near to the Lord today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Your word is truth. Your word is life. Lord, I thank you that there was a cry one day that said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Lord, it's a cry that we need to hear, and it's a cry that we need to embrace. Lord, it's a call that we need to answer. It's a call that we need to answer, Lord. It's a decision we need to make to behold you. It's really surrender. It's repentance. It's a turning from our old way. It's an admission that you are. You are Christ, you are Jesus, you are the Messiah, you're the Savior of the world. It's a decision to follow you, Lord. To walk with you and to talk with you and commune with you. Till the end of the day. Till that day, Lord. God, that we don't just remain with you for a while on this side of eternity, but that we we spend time with you, Jesus, and we remain with you the rest of our lives. I pray, Lord, that we would be that people and that you would do your work in us and make us more and more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you today. Trust you've been encouraged and inspired in your walk with Christ. Go with God.